Hi, I'm Francesca and welcome to episode one of What Happened To, Corey McKeague. This podcast is created to bring awareness to missing person cases and to highlight certain events. All information presented here is available to the public. Corey McKeague was 23 years old when he went missing on the 24th of September 2016. Corey went missing in the early hours in the Bury St Edmunds area of Suffolk, England. At the time of his disappearance, he worked in the Royal Air Force as a gunner. Corey was born in Perth, Scotland in September 1993, but was raised in Fife. His parents divorced at the age of nine and he had two brothers. Corey was raised by his mother, Nicola. In 2013, Corey joined the RAF Regiment and was based at RAF Honington after his initial training at the same base. In January 2017, April Oliver announced that she was pregnant with Corey's child. At the time of his disappearance, neither of them were aware of her pregnancy. They had been dating for five months prior to his disappearance and she was in the United States when the incidents occurred. April cut short her holiday to return to the UK. April gave birth to a daughter on the 11th of June 2017 called Ellie Louise. Like many young men his age, Corey enjoyed going out, clubbing and drinking with his friends. He regularly attended the nightlife scene in Bury St Edmunds, a town 20 minutes away from his RAF base. On the 23rd of September 2016, Corey left the base at around 10pm, parking his car in the town with the intention to collect it the next day. For the next few hours of the 23rd, Corey socialised and drank alcohol. His night out ended in Flex nightclub where he was asked to leave by a bouncer for being too intoxicated. He left without any protest, though he left alone, parting from his friends. After leaving Flex nightclub, Corey visited his usual takeaway restaurant, Mamma Mia's. He visited the location between 1.15 and 1.30am. After receiving his food, he walked less than 300 feet away to a doorway of an electrical shop. After consuming his food, Corey fell asleep in the doorway of the shop for around two hours, waking shortly after 3am. When he woke up, he sent a picture message to a friend before walking towards an enclosed horseshoe area where he was spotted on CCTV at 3.25am. This was the last time Corrie was ever seen. CCTV cameras were instilled upon every adjoining street of the Horseshoe area, which led police to be baffled by Corrie's disappearance. The Horseshoe area is primarily used as a loading bit and refuse collection area. The building that surrounds the areas are mainly storerooms which are only accessible by shops on the front of the street. One building is a drug and alcohol rehabilitation centre, but this was empty on the 23rd. 
It is not thought that Corrie would have attempted to walk back to his base, as it was 10 miles away and was down minor, unclassified roads. Corrie's mother stated to the Evening Standard that he had never attempted to walk back to the base before. However, he had left nightclubs alone, visited takeaways and also slept outside on nights out before. This was not unusual for Corrie. Corrie was not reported missing until the 26th of September, the following Monday, as he had the weekend off. The Investigation Early Theories The Bin Lorry On the morning of the 24th, Corrie's mobile started to move. His Nokia Lumia moved from Bury St Edmunds to Barton Mills. It travelled 12 miles in 28 minutes, something that could not be associated by someone walking on foot. 40 minutes after Corrie's last sighting on CCTV, a lorry arrived to collect one of the industrial bins that lined the perimeter of the horseshoe. At the same time the lorry left the area, Corrie's phone was tracked as moving as well. The phone moved at the same pace. At 8am, the signal was lost. We assume the phone was either damaged or had run out of battery. To this date, it has never been found. Initial reports noted that the industrial bin weighed 50 kilograms, not enough to hold Corrie himself, who weighed around 90 kilograms. This resulted in a series of searches alongside the lorry's route between the two towns. In October, Suffolk Constabulary seized the bin lorry that was thought to have contained Corrie's phone. However, this investigation resulted in no further evidence. The lift. Another focus for the police was whether someone had possibly picked Corrie up as he was walking back to base. Police assumed that he may have tried to make his way back. Corrie's mother had stated that he would accept a lift if someone offered one to him and that Corrie would do the same with others if he was driving. She appealed to the public, asking if anyone had given Corrie a lift in the early hours of the 24th and to tell her, even if something had happened. Superintendent Katie Elliott stated to Forces TV that police do not believe that Corrie was in Bury St Edmunds. Miss Elliot noted that there could have been a third party involvement and that the force was not ruling anything out. The route home. The police also focused the early investigation on the routes back to the RAF base. They searched parts of an industrial estate as well as a small village close to the base, all of which were on his route back. The Suffolk Constabulary, alongside British Transport Police, searched the railway lines within the local area. During the process, some of the through roads were closed. A part of the A14 was also investigated. A body. On 10th of October, a dismembered and burned body was found in a suitcase near Tintwistle in Derbyshire. An initial statement from police noted that the body was most likely of a white man under the age of 50. However, later analysis of the body confirmed that it was not Corrie. CCTV With theories of foul play being put forwards, police were always left with the question, how could anyone harm Corrie without being caught on CCTV? 
In November 2016, the police released that between the hours of 3am and 5am on the 24th, that there were only 39 people that frequented the Horseshoe area. Despite repeated appeals from the police, only 16 of these people have been identified. This was a significant inquiry into Corrie's case. Therefore, the police installed a pod where the public could help establish the identities of the other 23 people. Within weeks of the pod being in operation, a further 13 people had been identified. Further searches. In December 2016, the police searched a further five square miles of woodland near the RAF base. The area had previously not been investigated by police. The area focused upon was King's Forest area, with the possibility that Corrie had been hit by a vehicle on his way back to the base. By the 17th of December, the area had been declared as clear. A statement from Nicola. Nicola publicly claimed in December 2016 that the Suffolk Constabulary were not properly investigating Corrie's disappearance. A fund started in Corrie's name and had gathered more than £50,000 by the end of December. Nicola considered hiring a private investigator as she believed that the police did not follow certain lines of inquiry. The Suffolk Constabulary defended their actions, stating, We are very focused on finding Corrie. Although it is a missing persons inquiry, we have given it the same sources as a major investigation. We have not ruled out any possibility. Nicola did not hire a private investigator after Suffolk Constabulary agreed to investigate an eyewitness report of three men setting fire to a car on the 25th of September. However, the police later declared that there was no link between the aforementioned incident and Corrie. Mobile phone. In January 2017, the back of a mobile phone was discovered close to the place that Corrie's phone signal was last detected. However, the back of the phone had no identifiable components to it. The phone lacked any link to a SIM card and it had no electronic parts. Therefore, the police could not find any evidence to link the back of this phone to Corrie. Website inquiry. In January 2017, the BBC reported that the police were looking into Corrie's activities on a Swinger website after his family had provided them with his username to at least one website. Landfill. In February 2017, police turned their attention towards the landfill site where Corrie's mobile phone had last been located. The police created a theory. Corrie had moved inside one of the industrial bins in the Horseshoe area to go to sleep and that he had been crushed to death when the bin lorry collected the contents and transported them back to the landfill site. Police explicitly stated that they believed Corrie had gone to sleep in the industrial bin, whilst his family firmly denied this. Corrie was proud of his appearance. His family believed he wouldn't have slept in a bin. They also stated that if he wanted to sleep for a while, he could have gone back to his car that was parked not very far away. Suffolk police planned to search 1,000 square yards of the landfill, going to a depth of 25 feet, which they expected to take 10 weeks. 
By May, they had sifted through 3,000 tonnes of waste. The search for Corrie during this time reached the sum of £1 million, which made the case one of the most expensive missing person inquiries that Suffolk Police had ever dealt with, according to ITV News. During this time, Nicola announced a £50,000 reward for information regarding Corrie, but it was to be withdrawn if nobody came forward within a week. On the 1st of March, the police arrested a 26-year-old man on suspicion of attempting to pervert the cause of justice. The man that was arrested was neither a relative of Corrie or the driver of the bin lorry the day he went missing. However, the suspect was released and announced that the man had genuinely made a mistake. Alongside the dropped charge, police disclosed that there had been an error in the calculations of the weight of the bin lorry and that it was actually closer to 100 kilograms. Nicholas stated on Facebook, this can really, devastatingly, only mean one thing. It was not until June 5th did police confirm that they were finding landfill material from the right time of Corrie's disappearance. Though on the 21st of July, 20 weeks into the search, Detective Superintendent Katie Elliott announced that the search had come to an end with no further evidence or leads. In total, the police sifted through 65,000 tonnes of waste at the landfill site. This led to Nicola publicly acknowledging that Corrie may never be found. Despite this, she has criticised the police's actions to hand the landfill site back to the owners. CCTV Images one year after Corrie's disappearance, Suffolk Police released four CCTV images of people who could have been witnesses. They also set up another pod to try to gather new leads to follow. Second Landfill Search In October 2017, Suffolk Police released statements saying that they were going to carry out another search at the landfill site. This time, they would focus on another area in the landfill that was possibly used at the time Corrie disappeared. A review into Corrie's disappearance was conducted by a specialist police unit based in the East Midlands. The review supports Suffolk Police's main theory that Corrie climbed into the industrial bin, fell asleep and was brought by lorry to the landfill site. Despite this, by December, the search at the landfill was already scaled down. 2018 onwards. On March 26, 2018, Suffolk Police announced that the investigation into Corrie's disappearance would be concluded as there was no realistic lines of inquiry left. On 27th of March 2018, Nicola and Corrie's brothers appeared on the BBC show Victoria Derbyshire. Their intention was to highlight the inconsistencies with the data of the industrial bin and the lorry. Nicholas stated that either the data was manipulated or someone is lying to police. According to the Scotsman, in April 2018, Corrie's father, Martin, acknowledged that his son was most likely dead. They stated that Martin hoped to hold a memorial service that summer and that it would help him and loved ones gained some closure following the police's decision to stop searching the landfill site. Some tabloid press, as well as Martin, speculated that Corrie had become suicidal after learning about April's pregnancy and that he would not be able to face the pressures of fatherhood. 
This was noted in the Daily Mirror. However, other family and friends refuted this. The first text message notifying Corey of April's pregnancy was not sent until after his disappearance. In July 2018, in an interview with BBC Martin, noted that Corey had slept on top of bins and in bins before. This is in contrast to what his mother, Nicola, had previously stated. Martin believes that Corey was in the industrial bin that was delivered to the waste site on the 24th of September 2016. Furthermore, Martin released a statement on his social media. He said that Corrie was within the waste disposal system, but that his remains are essentially irretrievable. Nicola, Corrie's mother, has repeatedly stated that she would not give up looking for Corrie and that she wants answers. In an interview with the East Anglian Daily Times, Nicola points towards the fact that a coroner has not yet issued a death certificate. As of this date, Corrie is still presumed missing rather than presumed dead. Theories Retired Metropolitan Police Detective Colin Sutton has stated that Corrie's disappearance was not intentional, as he did not leave a digital footprint notifying anyone that he was planning to do this. Sutton points towards the CCTV as evidence of Corrie not wanting to disappear intentionally, as the average citizen would not be aware of the location of the cameras. Corrie had walked into the horseshoe area that was blocked off by a high wall and fence. There was never any evidence of him leaving the area. Despite every exit route leading out of the horseshoe area having CCTV, the area within the horseshoe was not 100% covered by town council CCTV. Even after a review of privately operated CCTV within the area, there were no further sightings. In November 2016, Corrie's uncle, Tony, gave an interview with BBC News. Tony said that the police had investigated if someone could evade the CCTV when wandering out of the horseshoe area. Police found that it would have been impossible for Corey to have left the horseshoe area on foot without being recorded on CCTV. In an interview with ITV News, Tony states that he presumes another person or people were therefore involved in Corey's disappearance. Corey seems like he was in a happy mood at the time of his disappearance. He was making plans to meet up with his brother on the night of his disappearance. The last text from his mobile phone was also sent at 3 or 8 a.m. Corey had also booked flights to visit home for Halloween. Nicola had also stated to the press that he had a dog at his base and wouldn't leave it behind intentionally. Furthermore, according to the lead detective in the investigation, Corey's job was not a contributory factor. In November 2016, in an interview with the Daily Record, Nicola notes that there were three possible scenarios to Corey's disappearance. That he was involved in an accident and was dead. That he left voluntary, or that a third party was involved. It has since been revealed by Sussex Police that Corey's bank and social media accounts have not been touched after his disappearance. It has not been discussed by police but some parallels have been drawn between the proximity of Corrie's disappearance to an attempted kidnapping of a serviceman at Ariath Mahan in July 2016. Nicola stated to the Dunfermline press that kidnapping was a route for the initial investigation, but the link had not been discussed between her and the police. In December 2016, 
Captain Mick Smith, the outgoing station commander of RAF Honington, ruled out any link between the cases. Nicola has often refuted the police's main theory that Corrie slept inside of the industrial bin. In August 2017, in an interview with The Guardian, Nicola states that Corrie had previously slept for two hours in the doorway of an electrical shop and that she finds it hard to believe he would then go to sleep in a bin. At that time, she maintains that there was no third party involvement. Furthermore, Nicola has often disputed the bin load evidence. According to Nicola in an interview with BBC News in August 2018, she states that the loads of over 100 kilograms for industrial bins were not out of the ordinary for bins in the Horseshoe area of Bury St Edmunds. In the same interview, Nicola states that Corrie could have left the Horseshoe area and not been captured on CCTV, which is contrary to other statements that has made. Despite this, police note that the industrial bin that was picked up on the 24th usually weighed between 20 kilograms and 30 kilograms. That particular bin had only weighed over 100 kilograms one time before. Therefore, police still conclude that Corrie was inside of the industrial bin. At the two-year anniversary of Corrie's disappearance, Nicola stated that police only had CCTV footage up until Sunday morning at 12pm. Nicola puts forwards that Corrie could have got up from that sleeping after that time and the police would not have known. This came after the 28-day period of returning CCTV imagery. Therefore, no one can know if Corrie did leave the area later in the day. In an interview with the Press and Journal in 2018, Nicola notes that there was an individual leaving the Horseshoe area on the morning of the 24th and that they were wearing light-coloured trousers similar to what Corrie was wearing. Nicola acknowledged that Corrie could have left the area and is now AWOL. However, in the same interview she notes, I've never believed this is possible. Corrie made no plans, had no reason and has never been seen after the immediate sightings. In November 2020, the Daily Record published an article stating that Corrie's mum, Nicola, revealed evidence that contradicts the main police theory. According to the article, Nicola said that Biffa lorry driver who picked up the bin had told police that he had seen Corey standing nearby, which means that he could not have been inside. Nicola claims in the article that police had discounted the driver's evidence as they preferred to believe that Corey had been emptied into the lorry and taken to a landfill site. There is currently an ongoing death probe which is due to take place on Friday the 16th of April.